0: He's wet it, man! Whoa, oh, I can't believe it, Jordan C. No,
1: yeah. <laughs> he's got to give him out, and then he's rubbed his nose. Rusted, that dicky nose. Yeah. <laughs> what about to McCullum? Shane might be trying to, try to shake the sweep one after
2: that first. Might try and slide one in there. Fast. Yeah. Well, you we called it. Out. Let's run out. Let's come
1: off Sam's yeah. yeah. head on no, this no, no, guy. You'll never see that again. Yeah, you think you've seen it all, don't you?
0: Hello and welcome to the SC Playable BBL Podcast, proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. I am your host, Tim Williams. Guys, girls out there, super coaches, carnage uh, is upon us. We It's been a pretty mild start, uh, probably the first half of the Big Bash season thus far. This round, Henry Thornton gone, Shadab Khan gone. There's precipitation everywhere. Uh, The latest news, there's a few reports, and I'm sure by the time this goes live, it may even be official, that Dan Sams might be the latest out in round seven. This is a Supercoach BBL round eight podcast. We are previewing uh, the two major doubles coming up with the Hurricanes and Sixers, among a heap of other things. Here to do that with me is 2019-20 BBL Supercoach champion, Tomo Aitken. Tomo, how are you, mate?
2: Hey, Timmy. Hey, Maxie. G'day, everyone. It's been a little while since I've been on, so it's good to come back and chat a bit of BBL Supercoach. It's all happening, but um, look, we're used to it and we'll roll through and get through it.
0: Mate, good to have you back. You've been busy pumping out these these round wraps for us, which are absolutely just just in-depth of the different role changes, analysis of every single game. It's been hot stuff, mate, over a busy time of year. Also with us is that man... Former Sydney Sixers Medium manager, he's a Cricket Australia commentator. Maxie Bryden. Maxie, how are you, mate?
1: G'day, Timo. G'day, Tomo. I am doing well. <laughs> I hope all the listeners are doing well as well, mate. Uh, it's been an amazing little break from work over the last sort of 10 days or so, enjoying the sun, enjoying the beaches, and um, most of all, enjoying the uh, the chaos of uh, BBL Supercoach. Ha- having a great time.
0: Geez, must be very nice for you blokes getting these holidays this time of year while. Well, some of us out there keep the economy going and keep slugging away with all sorts of different things. There's a tough life writing about cricket and recording podcasts on it. So, uh, no, boys, good to have you back. Tom, I'll start with you, mate. How is the side tracking? You said you, you've been off for a couple of episodes, but you're back now. How are the boys looking?
2: Yeah. Um, what were we pre-round seven? Let me have a little bit of a look. Uh, ranked 640 coming into this round. I've hovered around that 400 to 600 mark for a little while now. Uh, last round, what did we get? 532, so not my greatest round ever, but there were quite a few of us that had some low scores last round. Um, positives of last round, I guess I looped the right guys. Hales and Stoinis for my loops, so they were nice, but it was more the on-field players that the issue for me. Um, disaster last game too. I've had Brown in my side all year. Um, then he gets selected, bit of panic. I have to burn of my boost and bring in a non-playing player. Thinking about the sixes and the upcoming schedule, I get Patterson. So I was like, oh, well, who can come in? I probably actually should have pushed Put Brown on field in hindsight. <laughs> who was, was to know that he was going to be that good. Um, yes, I burnt one of my trade brews for Patterson. Um, and then with an injury concern and weather, he was one of my trade outs this week as well. So that wasn't <laughs> ideal. My um, like two trade-ins last round were far from ideal. So I've avoided Shadab all year based on schedule, but... I was just got a bit nervous and caved in with that negative break even that roll. I thought over two single weeks, he could go absolutely massive and might be the biggest scorer over two weeks. Um, yeah, he didn't have his greatest game and he was my VC. Then the uh, captain moved over to Short, who wasn't great last round either. So that wasn't good. And my other trade-in was, um, I think I can call him the playbook zone, um, Henry Thornton. Mm-hmm. So I my trade last week or two of my trade-ins last week both oh. on for one this week. So far from ideal, um, but we'll keep on going and see if we can move up those rankings, nail a few C's, and Cs and move up hopefully to top 100 in a few rounds of time.
0: Mate, it, it has been a, a savage probably last four to five days of Supercoach action, and we'll get to the stallion soon, but I, I was in the Shadab Khan boat with you. I didn't have him all season, finally brought him in for a grand total of 11 points, uh, and then he was out a round later. Anyway, you, you get that. Um, your rank though is still very solid, mate, and, and you're thereabouts. Maxi, how are you travelling?
1: Oh, mate, um, I reckon quite a similar story to Tomo actually last round in terms of the V C and C drama on um Shadab and Matt Short. I just was quite frustrated with myself. Um mm-hmm getting sucked into the Matt Short C. Um, I swore to myself after last season that um, <laughs> it, I would take the flyers on my VC and always make sure that my C was at least on a bowler and give myself a chance. And um, Matt Short didn't really fit the bill because he was only sort of bowling those two overs. But, um, look, I, I got sucked in, I think, particularly after the panic of Shadabs, um, you know, injury game and just getting absolutely spanked by the uh, the, the thunder down in Albury. Um I fell into the trap, but thankfully didn't punish me too badly. I, I know um, the styles were on um, different skipper options and most of the popular guys all sort of really failed and failed to score of a 50, which was helpful in the end. Um, Rank-wise, it was 450th um, overall, uh, down, down from 420th the week before. Just keep sort of stuck in that 400. Um, I did that awful thing where you look at where you'd be if you didn't, make a big mistake and the round Ooh, previously boy. I'd, yeah, yeah. Silly boy. well the round <laughs> previously I'd sat Bo Webster for his 139 um, and I'd played Navid over him for his big zero. Um, and, and if i'd done that i'd be in the 200 so 200 spots a bit of it a lot of congestion around that middle of the table just sort of hoping for that one big week to make that climb but can't complain the cash gen's been awesome i'm being able to afford everyone i can it's just been um the, this this rain as well is just starting to cause that little bit of panic and making you check your super coach team every other hour just to make sure that you're not going to get stitched up so um lots of fun mate uh, teams going okay and but um you know not as well as you mate
0: Yes, well, kind of, kind of. The The styles are, they're sticking strong, but we came off an absolute stinker. Uh, I've sort of said time and time again, it was a pretty rosy start of the Catch season for the Kuma the Stallions, but uh, it all went pear-shaped last round. It just wasn't to be. And with those short turnaround in rounds over the, that New Year period where, you know, froths were flying about, it was just, <laughs> it was destined to happen. And, Uh, I ended up on 478 points. The drop wasn't as bad as what I envisioned. I I went from 11th to 33rd overall. I thought it was going to be a lot worse than that. But um, I think it was New Year's Eve and, and there was a couple of loops that had to come into play. And I had a decision to make really happy with my squad, pretty stacked, and I had to sit one of Kerr, um it was stoyness and it was maddie short and i went between all three of them about 10 different times in the afternoon at a house party with mates trying to socialize me normal i'm just that weave in the corner with his phone and fantasy sneaking off in the bedroom <laughs> and uh anyway you, you know you, you know where it comes from here marcus stoyness sat on my bench and, and didn't score for me which was just an absolute killer um, skipper's wise had the VC on Sam's, and then ended up seeing Jai Richo, who bowled exceptionally well as he always does. Couldn't find the wickets uh, anyway. So caught a bit of a drop, but like honestly, Tomo, I, you've been there and done it, and, and even the EU I, I don't I don't think anyone's ever gone through every single round of SuperCoach BBL without one dud round, and uh, I'm pretty fortunate that it's gone this far without it. So anyway, we we move on to round eight, guys, and we'll have a look at that one now. Um, quick shout out to the DNP Playbook Cup. It's a group of SC Playbook subscribers. They put a lead together. Uh, they're sitting second overall in the 14-team league. So keep up the good work, legends. Bring that one home for us. The SCPB, SC Playbook, in-house league of contributors. We've been knocked off top spot, lads. It was a bit of an underwhelming round for us and uh, a bit of work to do to get back to number one. So we like adversity. We like the fight. So I reckon we'll be into that to the last round of the competition. Today's episode... We'll be talking about this player movement incoming. So a bunch of the, especially the international players, are going across to other T20 tournaments across the world. Uh, There's lots on the way out, which is going to change the scene of Supercoach in particular roles. Guys will become relevant. Guys will become not relevant at all. Um, So we'll have a chat about that. Double game week analysis on the Hurricanes and the Sixers. We'll drop our trades and skippers for round eight, and then into listener questions. We're also going to have a little bit of a chat about the Heat versus Sixers game, um, which at this stage in round seven has been played as we record. It's on tomorrow night. Rain predicted for that. How do we approach that? We'll have a yarn about that, um, guys. Subscription price drop. SC playbook. The BBL package dropped to twenty dollars for the remainder of the season. for our full package. That's also dropped in price. That's till the end of the NRL and AFL seasons. Head-to-head finals are coming up. The race for the overall prize. So if you're not on the uh, subscription package and you are interested, it's a little bit cheaper now. We've passed the New Year period. Extra articles every single round. Access to our WhatsApp group. uh, The Major Unlimited group prize. Actually, if you weren't subscribed, you won't be uh, eligible for that one because I have screenshotted all the entries. So if you weren't in before Jan 1, uh, sorry about that one. Still eligible, though, for the... The non-subscriber prize. Uh, if you do enjoy the content, it's a great way to support SC play for the time and effort that does go into it from everyone. Um, option there. Guys, little topic to start. We won't spend too much time on it, but there was a question from Jakey Man asking there the forecast looks pretty grim for the Heat vs Sixers game. We've already got a heap of popular players out this round. Um It just, rain, we've been so fortunate this season in big backs that there hasn't really been rain affected matches. Last year was carnage. Super coaches who put in as much time to it as we do, we kind of enjoy it because while it is stressful, if you're on the ball, it's a great opportunity to get on top of probably the casual players who who aren't, you know, the little nerds sitting on it watching every movement, every little change on the radar. It's great for us. Um, Max, I'll start with you, mate. Um, touch on the, the forecast for us. There's rain predicted here, I think, as the game starts. How are you approaching it?
1: Yeah, well, look, firstly, it wouldn't be the first day of the Sydney test uh, <laughs> if it wasn't rain around, um, which has just been so unfortunate for um, this city and I, I think just gives us a terrible rap um, when everyone finally tunes into the TV to see what the SCG is going to ditch up. Um, as it stands, the, the forecast for tomorrow is looking pretty severe um, and is getting worse really by the hour. Um, we started out, I'd say, 24 hours ago, looking at uh, an 80% chance of rain, five to 10 mil, um, and that's now like a 90% chance, 10 to 20, um, and there could be um, forecasting storms as well. So, if you look at the time um, of the of the game starting, which is 6 p.m., currently we're looking at like a 77% chance of rain, um, which is which is pretty good. Um, and rain at the start of a game is, is not what you want. Um, rain during a game, sometimes they can play through it, and we saw that the other night. Um, I forget which one it was, but you know, the, they just kept going. I think it might have been the Gold Coast game. Um, they just kept going even though the rain was coming down. But um, rain at the start of the match will be make it very, very difficult for the boys to get on at North Sydney Oval. Um, and I guess that's what we're here to chat about today: is um, what your plans are. And the unfortunate thing for um, this game at the moment is that so many people would have been holding on to their Sydney Sixers. At mm. three- of them um at least uh just for this um upcoming double in in round eight i know personally i look across my team i've got um felipe hayden kerr sean abbott who i'm sure most coaches would be in the same boat i've held on to james vince as well as a bench loop guy um with a view really to this round at north sydney oval and and hoping that he would come off i had a loop set up nicely with josh Inglis that was um that was you know uh gonna be a, a really easy one for me to pull off um if needed um but I think the thing is that um, as it stands right now, um, it might be very tough for them to, um, to, to, to get on field um, and to play. So my plan will be to make sure that I've got um, uh, the coverage um, in both of my batting and bowling spots. If I fall one player short, then that's fine. Um, it's not the end of the world. Um, but particularly as this damn Sam's news comes to light, um, it might mean that I'm too short and that's fine. Just the one thing I think I'd love to get your opinions on is there any world where you would trade out a sixer to um, another club, maybe a Thunder or a Perth um, team, um, or is it just worth holding on to them for the double?
0: I'll jump in and like uh, it depends. You know, if you if you're going to be a player short and by trading a sixer you could get the jump and, you know, have a full team, I think fine. Like, that's pretty substantial. It, trades are not – this might be controversial, but trades aren't as important. Like, they're so, so vital in NRL and AFL leagues. You know, we've had so many single-game weeks to get Canes in, to get sixes in. I think we're all – should be relatively well-prepared. I know a lot of us have boosts up our sleeves, so I don't mind the idea of doing that if you do need to trade a sixes player to get a full team on deck – and Tom, I'll get your thoughts as well. And just a few quick ones. You know, it may be a week where anyone who has a boost up their sleeve, it could be a great chance to use a boost to keep a full team. Um, the obvious one is avoid any skippers from that game. If you've got VCs or Cs on it, just don't do it. I know a lot of people, match. I think you were looking at Josh Filippi as a VC and I was considering as well. You probably just don't do it. Mm. Um, if you have a player on your bench that, you know, is a lesser player than, say, a Sean Abbott or a Josh Filippi, I know it's hard because it's North Sydney Oval, particularly for a Philippine, it's so bad or friendly, but uh, playing t- today's uh, or tonight's, I should say, Stars game or in the final game of the round with the Scorchers, just play them. If you know, they're definitely going to get a full game. It seems a safe option. Um, and the obvious bit of advice is, and this was a great example uh, in last night, Hurricanes game and, and the Strikers, all this talk of rain, all this talk of rain, you monitor the radar, you monitor the reports, you know, minutes out from the game, And those storms cleared off. So it was all good. Do the same for the Sixers game. It looks like it's going to be clear. All good. Don't stress. Um, Tomo, how are you approaching it, mate?
2: Yeah, look, the weather had me spooked, and that's why all my three trade-ins this week were Hurricanes players. And when we saw the radar look all right for the first game of the round, I just put them on field straight away. I've got them there ready for next week. Mm. They score amazingly, but points on the board was important for me. I guess, and I'll, I'll think back to what was maybe one of the good moves I did a few years ago when I had a okay-ish, I guess, um, super coach season. Coincidentally, I think the Sixers were involved in some wet weather games. I think it was a double. One was heavily affected by rain, the other had some sort of influence, but I think they lost poorly. Uh, I'm not sure what people did, but I know I just got rid of my sixes and traded them out or sat them on the bench. And that gave me advantage over others who targeted them targeted them for that round. Um, for this one, I put the Hurricanes on field and then all oh, my sixes and obviously I got brown from the heat. They're sitting on the bench or could be possible looping opportunities but I've mm. just gone safety first because I'm a bit spooked by the weather. But as we know, you know, just because it's forecast doesn't mean it's going to happen.
0: Mm. Yeah, spot on, mate. That's it. And it's, that's what I like. The, just the biggest bit of advice we can give, as I said, people who live and breathe super coaches, you've really just got to be watching what the weather's doing just before that game starts and make your decisions accordingly. It's about staying extremely flexible. Um, with a bit of a worry towards it, I've held on to – uh, one of my trades for the week. Um, I was I was not convinced on a couple for last night's game. There was a few storms around, although it did look clear by the time it started. So I've got one up the sleeve for that. So yeah, I think just stay flexible, consider your options and just be watching that the, the minutes before the game starts. Boys, let's get stuck into our first major topic, I suppose, and it is the, the changing BBL landscape in the next round or two with this host of internationals leaving. Shadab Khan. He's gone. Alex Hales, he's got a game, possibly two left in him. It might only be one more. Majib, Hossein. I think they might have one more game left in them each. Uh, Tomo's international availability yarn is on site. So jump on and have a look at that. We've got all the updates there. Um, Maxi, unsurprisingly, you're entirely around it. Um, the players that are leaving, the players coming in, the players that will benefit in Coach who are currently at sides, you're going to give us a quick rundown of it. Uh, and then before round nine, where the majority of them do leave, you will have an article up on site explaining all your thoughts on the role changes. It'll be one of the best articles of the season, I believe. Um, but you did just want to touch on a few ones to, to look ahead to.
1: Yeah, thanks, Timmy. Um, I think for me, the there's probably two clubs in particular that I think are going to be most impacted. Actually, I'll stretch that to three. Um, the first is the Perth Scorchers. Um, and this is one that's been telegraphed for quite a while, but the Cameron Green injury is the thing that probably really has thrown this one wide open. Um, we always knew Fath and Adam Life were going to disappear at some point, point. and I'd expect opening the batting with Steve Eskenazi will be Cameron Bancroft um, after his really solid performance at Marble Stadium uh, the other day as Perth uh, beat up on the Melbourne Renegades. Now, what that means is that there's going to be another spot in the batting order, um, just given that Cameron Green isn't returning. And Nick Hobson has been the guy who's been there all season. I thought it was really interesting the other day, though, to see him bat down the order uh, in that sort of number six, um, or was it number seven spot, um, which was really, really interesting. And I think what that does potentially is bode really well for Aaron Hardy and potentially that talk in the preseason of him wanting to take that Mitch Marsh role as the number three batter and the all-rounder um, could come to fruition. Um, wow. The one thing that Perth have shown the whole time is just flexibility in their batting order. Um, so it might not be permanent, um, but geez, it does look pretty juicy. And I think even particularly um, in round seven, in, in in end round eight for Perth, um, he'll be bowling his four overs um, a lot of the time as we saw uh, at Marvel the other day, which bodes pretty well for him and I think that um, certainly a guy to look ahead at um, given that they've got that double as well um, in round nine albeit I don't think he'll be bowling in round nine once Ashton Agar returns.
0: Mm. Maxi the Adelaide strikers are obviously a big one because not only are players leaving we also have Australian internationals coming back into the side Travis Head, Alex Carey there, Rashid Khan will be leaving shortly so there'll be a few movements there Boys, um after the last episode went to air, I got really, really keen on Colin de Grandhome. And I, I I really struggled to fault him in the sense that he'd bowled three to four overs just about every game. I think the only game he didn't bowl was when uh, the Thunder chased him in the Thunder chased him down in five and a half overs or something, so he didn't bowl there. Batting at five, he was getting runs. I just you know the strike is a double game week approaching i couldn't really see a lot of fault in him now i got him in for round 6 and he didn't do real well but he bowled his four overs um he batted just didn't get him in the runs for almost the first time this season and i thought you know what that's okay the role's still there round 7 last night's game he bowled his uh he sorry he came in batted 3 hit 30 off about 18 I was like, yes, he was 50-plus with his four overs to come or three overs to come, bowled one over. Uh, and it's sort of – you boys warned me, to be fair, and don't get me wrong, he got a good score, but he had been bowling so regularly. Maxi, um, how does CDG uh, sit with these with the moving scenes at the Strikers?
1: Yeah, look, it's a great question, and I was going to bring him up to me because I wanted to get your thoughts on mm. this. But I see that um, both him and Adam Hose will move down a spot in the order – Um, and now bat at five and six, um, given that they're losing Chris Lynn, um, but they're replacing him with both Travis Head and Alex Carey. Um, Carey takes um, Nielsen out of the team, but Nielsen's been batting all the way down at seven, sometimes number eight. Um, But I do think that Alex Carey will bat number four and Travis Head will bat number three in that spot of Chris Lynn, um, which means that um, Hose and DeGran Homer all the way down at six, um, CDG, as we thought, he's been getting his overs, um, as you said, and I think rightly so. Um, you know, you've got to have the ball in your hand to take wickets. He just doesn't do that a lot um, of time. Um, his bowling sort of little bit mediocre, and I do worry that you know, facing less balls at number six, um, he might not be um, the man that you, you'd hoped he'd be.
0: Mm. And I'm just looking ahead: round eight, round nine, round ten. Um, the strikers round 11 every single week they play in the first game or the second game of the round. Mm. It doesn't concern me that much in the sense that really good AE loop opportunity at really low ownership, but at the same time, our squads are going to be so stacked that there'll be a lot of good, like that could be a Henry Thornton or someone alternatively. Um, and just while I'm on it, um, when we're looking at loop opportunities and the best players for that, the Sydney Thunder. Play in the last game or the second last game of the round, just about every single round on the run home. So I actually bought in Baxter Holt to initiate that AE wicket-keeper loop this round, and I'm stoked with it. It gives so much flexibility in your team, and I couldn't recommend Baxter Holt as a buy anymore. Um, Maxi, was there anyone else you, you sort of wanted to touch on that you look will have a big impact?
1: Yeah, look, there's just two really quick ones. First one: the Brisbane Heat are welcoming. Um, two players back from the test arena um, in place of two internationals who will be leaving. So um, Colin Munro and Sam Billings will both be getting on a plane soon, um, but they're lucky enough to be having Usman Khawaja, um, who will come back, captain the club and open the batting, um, and Manus Labashane as well, um, who particularly when it comes to um, BBL, he's a genuine all-rounder. Um, he, he He's bowled so much the last two seasons when he's come back and look, there's even potentially a world where you know Swepson, who's been playing very mediocre, I think he's about 49k or something like that. He's, he's, I don't think he's taken a wicket for a couple of weeks, the poor bloke. Um, but there, there might be a world where he sits out. They run Kuhneman as minus as their two spinners um, just to get another quick in there, potentially just someone who can bowl kind of one or two overs, um, or even even an extra bat. Um, so the, the the they'll be uh, Brisbane will have Kawaja. Um, Sam Hayne as well, another international. He's an Aussie-born guy from the Gold Coast who plays over in England. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how their batting lineup works because right now, um, and I'll put this in the yarn on the website as well, Ross Whiteley, who I believe is hanging around, he could, he could drop out of the team. Um, and I think it might be between Josh Brown, Matt Renshaw, and Whiteley um, trying to fit into two spots. So everyone's new favorite player, Josh Brown, um, he, he might not sort of fit into their plans longer term or bet you'd be crazy um, to drop him um, if he can show any of that same sort of form that he's had uh, the other night. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, he's only uh, one more like half decent 40, 50 knock away from surely locking in that spot for the rest of the season. You just, in you, the, the talent that he showed and that fire, you've nearly got to invest. Um, hopefully, it's not another Ollie Davies scenario to last year where he went ballistic for a couple of games. And then I think he did say got out four or five ducks in a row, the poor bloke. Um, he's coming good this season, and it's really great to see. But hopefully it doesn't happen to, to Brown as sort of a first-year blues there. Um, Tomo, what are your thoughts on all of Maxi's comments there? Is there anyone else that he sort of hasn't touched on yet? Um, yeah, what, what's, your, what's your take?
2: Yeah, look, Maxi's covered a lot of things pretty well there. Geez, it is interesting, isn't it? And I, I think Ross Whiteley is here for the whole tournament. I think that's um, confirmed. Look, they're two young guns, well maybe not young, but their two newcomers were awesome. You'd have to think they were locked into a spot for long-term because they were just simply incredible. But there's so many players coming back from the heat. There is going to be one or two guys that are missing out. They're going to be unlucky. Maxi went to the batting part of the Scorchers, which um, is you know clear because they've got their two openers missing. The bowling is what's interesting for me because mm. they've got the wild thing that will come back from the test squad. They've got Kelly who played the opening game as they're lurking in the background. They've signed Payne, the left arm English. So they've got three bowlers that could come in. I'm not sure in terms of their plans, but they look like they'll finish first. There might be some opportunities for people to rest there. Their depth and what happens with their bowling is really interesting for me, as well as Agar when he comes back from test duty. The one more side um, that I think was interesting to have a look at is the Renegades their two spinners are leaving. um, So there are gonna be some changes there. They do have a couple of young cheapies. I know cash generation for most people has been pretty good this year, but they've got a couple of young spinners that may come in. Um, But also there's one fella there that played a pretty incredible game on Christmas Eve that is unlucky to be only playing one game. So we could see Moody come in if they wanted to go a different way and not play two spinners, but maybe just one or a different look. So there are a few things for us to monitor.
1: Yeah, it's a really good shout, Tomo. Um, those two spinners for the Renegades, they're, they're on my list as well and I'll, I'll include them in the yarn. Um, Ruwana Kelopotha is the Sri Lankan-born um, international leg-spinning all-rounder. And I think what they like about him is that he can definitely bat eight. He's good enough. Um, he's, he's, um, he actually debuted, I think, in Sri Lankan first-class cricket as a batter, yeah. uh, but has been picked by them um, for his leg spin. Um, and Corey Roccioli, who's the West Australian off-spinner, quite a tall fella. Um, little bit sort of like Todd Murphy, probably not quite as good, but uh, I think they're pretty big on him. And there was a rumor that he was sort of quite close to getting a game the other day. So, so much to look at. And, and just a one really quick shout out because I know that I could just yarn on this topic forever. Um, <laughs> you mentioned you mentioned the Thunder as um, a decent team to find a, a loop from um, Timmy, and mm. I, I think that um, people might be sleeping on Ollie Davies, who um, you know, as you said, he 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 can be a little bit hot and cold, but. What we're seeing is a bit of a trend um, this tournament is how many more runs are coming from the the middle order uh, of, of teams. Um, I'm talking about the likes of Chris Lynn at number three, Aaron Finch reinvigorating himself as a number four. Um, When you come into that number four position, it's really difficult because you do need to assess what's going on in the match before you can just launch your all-out attack. And a guy like Ollie Davies can really take his time um, when he's coming in at number four. He doesn't have to go from ball one like he does if he's batting six or seven or even opening. Um, and he's shown that he can really build an in innings. Um, a couple of really classy ones so far. The Thunder are quietly doing quite well um, with their batting. That'll all change when they lose Hales. Um, but, you know, they get Warner there. But if you're looking for a guy who, who could just hit a hot streak um, and loop in as a batting reserve, if your first loop doesn't work, I really, really don't mind having a look at Ollie. And I think he's got a pretty good negative break even as well um, after a couple of decent games in a row.
0: Yeah, and I was going to say with Ollie that because the Thunder plays so late in the round, I don't like just because, while well, you're right, batting at sort of four, he can sort of come in and, and get his eye and consolidate a little bit more than going from ball one in the, in the power play. Um, it, it worries me because there's the low scores in him. If it gets round to him, you, you might be in strife. That being said, you get two cracks at it, don't you? In, in the sense that you play your AE early and maybe if your AE goes well, Davies is the first person you sit out. So you're essentially getting two cracks at it. The other one I want to touch on, and we, we reiterate over and over and over again, the importance of fixture analysis and what the draw looks like. The Perth Scorchers, when Tomo brought up that those the rotation risk of those quicks, the Scorchers played late just about every single round. They're like the last game, the second last game, much like the Sydney Thunder, which makes Tomo, their players, a big risk to run late on. Now, I know they have two doubles to come, but... Few of those doubles are within only a couple of days of each other, so uh, that's worth yeah worth looking at down the track, Tomo.
2: Absolutely, I just thought as well. For we're on the um, Ollie Davies train with Riley Rousseau leaving. Could he be promoted up to number three, or is just keep him where he is because he is on
1: song? It's a great question, um, and I think he could be, but I, I would say that. Um, it's as big a chance that they might just use their almost they've gone you got three remaining batters in the squad in um, Blake Nicaritas, Sam Whiteman and Baxter Holt um, and so I think they might just bring in like a Sam Whiteman to uh, to, to number three um, and just give him a crack and just keep Ollie uh, in that number four role which he's starting to really lock down
0: mm. Good stuff, boys. We'll uh, we'll wrap that one up there for now. We'll, we'll be talking about that plenty in coming weeks uh, across the next couple of podcasts. There will be a Round 9 podcast out probably in two or three days as well because it is a pretty quick change around to that Round 9 where there's three new teams on the double and another really important week in Supercoach. Um, but as I said, Maxi will get another club on site for that. Tomo's got his international availability yarn on site. So it's all going to be up there for you in the meantime. Uh, guys a reminder if you're sitting there you're having a bath right now you're listening to the dulcet tones of the sc playbook podcast you got a beer in hand maybe a red wine you've got your phone out you're relaxing new socials for sc playbook bbl where all our content is we're really starting to stop putting on the nrl ones and and growing our new bbl channel so jump onto twitter facebook and instagram sc playbook bbl give that a follow would be greatly greatly appreciated Guys, Paddy and George from Mortgage Choice SCW are on deck for the big bash season. They cover everything you need to know from how to begin your journey into the housing market to finding a better home loan rate to refinancing to let yourself fork out. Wait for this one, Maxi. You're going to love this for a vintage Glenn McGrath X-Factor with the 61 printed on it. Do you remember that bat when, when when McGrath came out and got his 61? I don't know if it was not out or if he got out. One of the most iconic knocks in the history of cricket, not just Australian cricket, and they made a bat for him. Did you, did you ever get around the X-Factor?
1: Oh, look, I don't think I ever purchased it because like that, that would be like you know me giving you advice on the stock market, just not something you want to do, um, taking batting advice off Glenn McGrath. But um, that was like the innings of all innings before the, the Dizzy Gillespie 200. Um, and I reckon if Dizzy hadn't have done what he did against Bangladesh, we'd still be talking about Pidge's 61 not out. Well, what a knock.
0: I remember. I used to love my favourite thing. No, it wasn't, uh, wasn't his ability to take a wicket pigeon when we needed it at all. Unbelievable economy rate across his career, all the great wickets he took. It was just every time he got out and he'd just sit there and just shake his head on the way off, at himself, um, <laughs> expecting him to get more than the, the three runs that he averaged across his entire career. Loved him. Uh, anyway, guys, if you are sitting here listening, you're considering buying a house, firstly, good luck to you. Uh, but like 99% of the population and the home first home buyers who are looking to buy, you think, where in the world would you start Guys like Paddy and George, they know it inside out, back to front. They'll get you on the right path. Um, won't cost you a dime because you listen to the SC Playbook podcast. Use the special code when you get in contact with them, SC Playbook. It'll give you a free numbers consult uh, That saves you about 150 bucks, which is bloody good if you ask me. Guys, contact them via Instagram at Pat and George Mortgage Choice all one word, or on 1611 no matter where you are in Australia. Uh, guys, let's get on to our first double game week analysis. Won't spend uh, like a stack of time on it, but the Hurricanes are obviously very relevant because we—it's their first double of the season. They had a buy in round five, so we probably haven't had had reason to talk about them too much. They now become very relevant for their first double. Um, so, if we look ahead to last night's game and their team lineup, good lineup, a lot of really good super coach. Prospects. We start with uh, Caleb Jewell and Benny McDermott opening the bat. Matty Wade at three. Darcy Short did drop down the order, Tomo, into number four. Probably not as far as we sort of suspected, but it paid off for him. 27 off 22 not. Uh, Tim David into Asif Ali, Mitchell Lowen, Fahim Ashraf, Nathan Ellis, Paddy Dooley, and Riley Meredith. Max, um, I'll start with you. and We'll start with the batsmen. We'll break it up into two batsmen, then bowlers. A lot of very relevant batsmen, I suppose, First things first, um, and we probably had a taste of it last night. But Shadab Khan didn't play; he'll miss the double. Um, how will this impact the team? And secondly, which of those batsmen are you looking at getting into or laying off for the double?
1: Yeah, the Shadab Shadab news I think really rocked uh, just about everyone um, last night at six thirty when that team lineup came out, um, and I think that he really kind of. Um, Uh, changes the balance of their score. That's why we saw um, Mitch Owen come in, the all-rounder, and bowl his couple of overs. Look, I think uh, it it does open up some overs from Darcy Short, albeit we saw yesterday just how poorly he's bowling at the moment. I think he's two overs almost cost 30, um, if not maybe more. Chris Lynn really got after him um, and and made it look easy. Look, Darcy Short was Shadab Khan before Shadab Khan was Shadab Khan. Just that original super coach BBL accumulator, um, rolling the arm over, picking up dot balls, fielding in the hotspots, getting catches, scoring runs. And even if he doesn't look great, he can sort of score 45 without too much effort. Um, And I see that he'll have to play a bigger role. Um, That's really it in in terms of the changes. Um, The batting order is pretty funky, and I don't love um, getting players from clubs that change their batting order a lot. I think it's even going to get even more difficult just based off the fact that they have still had Zach Crawley, the Englishman, to come in um, as an international replacement, yet Caleb Jewell, who um, you might have thought was just biding time in the opening spot, came out Mm. and looked the best batter in the whole game. Um, one man of the match, and like, you know, really fulfilling that potential that, you know, the supercoach spy has seen in him for so many years. <laughs> um, but look, I think that overall on the double, um, in terms of guys I'm targeting, looking at the grounds that they play, Adelaide Oval and Marvel, um, forget what happened in that Melbourne Renegades Perth game at Marvel during the daytime with the roof off. Um, that's a ground that can be quite. A good one to bat at and I think that chasing Hobart batters is the way to go in this particularly when you consider that the Sixers also have the second game of their double at showgrounds which is an absolute um, it's not good Um, so (laughs) I think that um, Benny McDermott no brainer will have a great break even can really hurt you if you don't own Matt Wade the enigma seems to do well only when I don't own him but I picked him up this (laughs) round and had to play him Um, they're they're the ones I would go after Um, I wouldn't want to have a punt on a Zach Crawley with no games under his belt coming in um, to Australian conditions for the first time. Um, and even Caleb Jewell, if he is named, he's going to be a fantastic price and with a low break even, so you could get after him. Um, I've already bought Nathan Ellis. Riley Meredith is a likely candidate. I really don't think you can go wrong with this Hobart team. Um, follow the form, I would say, In Benny McDermott. I think he's got to be the number one target for me.
0: Hmm. Tomo, what's your take uh, on the Hurricanes? I know for myself, uh, Nathan Ellis will be certainly coming. I wanted him this round, but for loot purposes, it just wasn't going to work. I already own Meredith there. I already own... i got Maddie Wade in this week. Um, Benny McDermott's going to be a popular one. So I suppose you're probably thinking relatively similar. Darcy Short's an interesting one. He was um, pretty popular this week. He got his two overs, which is encouraging. But yeah, none for 28 off two overs, 14 and overs, just like... Uh, the, maybe the drop-down the order does help him, but I'm just so far from convinced, despite the potential in the role. Uh, Tomo, what's your take on Darcy and who are the blokes you're after?
2: Sure thing, yeah. Darcy short. It seems a bit incredible, you know. After all the seasons he compiled, mm. a mainstay, whether it was a double game or a single-game week, you know, almost every player had him. He's pretty cheap. He was sort of... Under, he was definitely under 100000 and possibly even under 90000 I reckon, coming into this round. Look, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I don't think he's high on my radar this week. The question was, is he going to bowl more when Khan leaves? Last night he bowled two overs, but they were pretty poor. Um, He did get some runs, but he moved down to number four. Look, are those runs enough to get him going? Some might say yes, but he's not one that's high on my radar at all this week. In terms of batting perspective, I brought in Wade for this round and look, he didn't go great, but that's okay. Hopefully he performs over the double. I seem to recall I brought him in last time over a double round and he had a similar poor score. So hopefully that doesn't uh, Mm. repeat. There's some sort of saying about history repeating, but that's not the case, surely. Um, The one I want to bring in is Ben McDermott. Over a Hurricanes double, he's done pretty well before. At Marvel Stadium, he's done pretty well before on more than one occasion. He's doesn't heavily discounted. a double round. No, nah, he he generally goes alright, doesn't he? He's heavily discounted. Oh look, from a selfish perspective, I wish he made just a nice twenty or thirty last night. <laughs> Didn't reach fifty. He was a bit sort of not less obvious, but not many people jumped on. I love to see that just little uptick in form before a double. That says to me i'm ready so the two batters i want from the hurricanes are wade and mcdermott tim david's the interesting sort of batter he's sort of that x-factor trading um, if you're looking to be a bit different if he explodes in a power surge across the double you know it's happy days for you but there's a there's a quite a bit of risk attached with that type of trading um he had a little cameo when he came in last night um but he may be one for some, but a bit like Darcy Short, I don't think David is high on my radar either.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be going honestly. Tim David, the role just isn't there. I wish they'd bat him higher up the order. Uh, I get the the importance of a middle order specialist and how good he is, but oh, I just feel like we need to get more uh, needs to be facing more balls. Maxi, what do you reckon?
1: I don't really think that you can go wrong with a Tim David, particularly because he plays the first game. So you could just get him on a good loop and playing on two good batting tracks as well. I know that he's scored runs before at Marvel Stadium, so he could be one to come off. But look, I think just that what you were saying before, Tom, about history repeating itself, the fact that they're playing the exact same team um, in the Adelaide Strikers um, at a similar ground with similar dimensions at short square, there's every chance that... Um, The the guys who did well yesterday are the ones who are going to come out and do well again. So, look, Chase Derm, it's it's a pretty boring one to cover this week because it it feels so obvious. Um, It's also going to be Rashid Khan's last game. I think that he's going to want to put in a big performance in front of the Adelaide Strikers fans. And that doesn't really bode well for Matt Wade, who I much prefer opening than batting at three. Um, But, yeah, I, I... Look, I, I don't think you could go wrong um, chasing a pod, and even like Tim David might even be like a pod, or Darcy Short might be a pod this round, just how obvious it is going to be to bring in McDermott. So yeah, just go with your gut. I think this next week.
0: Yeah, Rashid Khan, a, a bloke I've held and held and held. A few people who sort of went more the anti pod route and, and got rid of him a few rounds ago. Um, good luck to you because it, it's been a terrific decision. Only twenty eight again last night. Question is now: do we, do we flip him before his final game? It's feel like and this is uh unverified but he loves a final a final game before his stint ends and might have been last year he took five from went but six far went ballistic um so i'm just holding out hope for that but i uh, will wait and see boys let's move on to the sydney Sixers, and not a team we're going to spend a lot of time on because we've spoken heaps about them they had the double gamer just a few rounds back so we're all pretty well invested in them already Um, The thing I do want to talk about is I suppose Maxi, any changes between now and two to three rounds ago, we've seen in them. uh, Chris Jordan coming over is obviously a a substantial one there. Um, Sean Abbott uh, kills me to say this, but, you know, he was rested a couple of games ago for the, well, I think it was their last game even, the second game of the double when I had him as captain. Yeah. has anything changed for you there, Maxi? Will anything change before the round eight double? And what are things we need to be cautious of?
1: The two biggest things to, to be cautious of are firstly the round nine buy um, and just making sure that you're mm. – particularly with the presence of NPRs at the moment that, you've, that you can cover uh, the trade-outs that you'll need to have on these guys um, or the holds in reserve spots. And um, the second thing is that risk of rotation. Um, I, I think the rule of thumb is that if they've already rested once, then that won't happen a second time. So I'd say that Sean Abbott's safe. Chris Jordan's probably going to be safe as well, given that he set out the last game at the Gabba. Um, but the likes of Jackson Bird, Ben Dawses, maybe even, and I dare say, Hayden Kerr, um, they're like there, there, are always a chance of getting rested. Max,
0: you, you, you're uh, you're a lot more ambitious with uh, that rule of thumb than I am. And and I always spoke <laughs> about your your pod this week of Wes Agar. It was just about as good as my Colin de Granholm. one. But and you mentioned the same. "Oh, he's been rested. Like he won't get rested again, or whatever." The slightest niggle, or there's a lot of games in the BBL. I'm not so convinced about that one.
1: Yeah, look, um, you could be right, but I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna bank on it. That particularly with just how close uh, the competition is this year, there's no easy beats. Um, clubs like the Sixers, like they need to win every game they can um, to try and stay at the top of the ladder or near the top of the ladder and um, get that uh, first or second um, final position, so they get that second bite of the cherry in finals.
0: And, and and the benefit of Abbott is he just had his rest, so the 100%. double comes up, so that helps, you know, and especially if this game tomorrow night does get rained out or impacted, and he doesn't have much of a role, mm-hmm. that probably bodes well as well. Um, so yeah, cut you off there, mate. So keep going, and uh, Chris Jordan in particular, how does he come into all this?
1: Yeah, look, CJ is a, a, a death bowler, which is a, the the type of role that you want in Supercoach, um, and I don't I don't think that he's long for um, uh, our shores given that most of the other players who are playing in the ILT20 um, are heading off on about the, the 7th or 8th of January. So I'd expect him to leave after round eight. Um, but you just can't look past that role. Um, he came in, he was pretty classy in that first game against the Melbourne Renegades down at Geelong. Um, so he could be a really, really fantastic pod that's not on a lot of people's radars. Um, and I think if you're looking at bringing guys in, um, he would be pretty high on the list. I'd almost have him higher than Sean Abbott at the moment. The thing about Abbott, he's not having his best season. He's been very expensive going at over 10 runs and over throughout the tournament. Um, But even just the fact that he's batting below Ben Dorsius now as well, um, down at number nine. Uh, it just means that, you know, he's, those little cameos like last year, a couple of times, if he missed out with the ball, would come in and smack a quick-fire 20 or even more. Um, they're just not happening as frequently. So, look, CJ's probably the only one that's really, really relevant. I've loved what I've seen from James Vince and the form that um, he's sort of shown in the last couple of rounds and was really excited about the opportunity to loop him at North Sydney. Um, but, like, that's they're really the only ones. And I think more so that the Abbott call is just one to think about if you're looking for a skipper um, from the Sydney Sixers. Um, knowing that they play the second game um, of the round after um, the uh, Hobart Hurricanes, your VC will be a cane. Um, for me, it'll be Ben McDermott. Um, but I would be going away from Sean Abbott, probably to Hayden Kerr, um, if I wanted it on a Sixers bowler.
0: Mate, you've uh, taken the words out of my mouth, Ed. It was the ex- exact question I was going uh, to thought Tomo. Now, Tomo, firstly... Has anything changed for you in the last couple of rounds for the Sixers? Because I think the majority of us will already own Sean Abbott, Hayden Kerr, Josh Phillippe. Uh, a handful might have sort of a James Vince in there. Um, Chris, jo- I suppose is Chris Jordan on your radar or, or anyone else in this squad? Uh, and my question was going to be, has Hayden Kerr surpassed Sean Abbott as the better captaincy option at the Sixers? Yeah. Uh... Potentially, I kind of like happening
2: Abbott this week because I don't know if Kerr could possibly um, be a chance of being rested. I like the fact that Abbott has rested, so I feel safe that he's going to play both games. Kerr, I know he's an all-rounder, but if they all want their bowlers to rest, there's some chance that I think maybe he does have a rest. Um, Jordan, I, I like as a pod. We've got confirmation that Vince is playing both games I would love to see confirmation that Jordan is going to play both games as well. As Maxi alluded to, Death Bowler, something the Sixers haven't been at their best doing this year. So there's a clear role there. I think almost, he's only played the one game, but I think he might be the highest averaging Sixer. Um, So if we get confirmation that he's playing both games, he's a trade-in for me. Vince fits the mould we sort of spoke about with McDermott. Just that nice little uptick in form before a double. Um, he's been pretty good the last two or three. It's guaranteed he's playing both games, so I like him. The other one I'm sort of considering is Dorcious, as we alluded to, batting above Abbott in the order for now. I, d- I reckon that was more a match-up thing to do with the Heat. Um, I'm not sure if that will be done on a permanent basis, but it's certainly something that's fluid, I guess. Mm. He's been a bit rocks or diamonds, but when he's on, he's on, um, Benny. Um, he missed those few games. So I'm trying to think ahead, will that count as his rest because he missed that block of games after an ordinary first game? Does that mean he's fresher and less likely to be rested compared to others, maybe like a Jackson Bird or a Hayden Kerr and things like that? Um, so he's one I'm monitoring and I'm not sure yet. But um, I wouldn't be bringing any um, sixes spinners, that's for sure. My targets, if I was going to bring a Sixers bowler, definitely um, fast bowlers.
0: Yeah, the only uh, extra run for me would be the bloke you, you two have spoken about, and that's Chris Jordan. If Again, you'd probably like confirmation he plays two games, but hopefully he does. And I suppose the thing about him is because we are already pretty heavily invested in sixes, uh, there is a bit uns- of uncertainty around him. And people with the buy in round nine, people might be reluctant to get another sixes player in. So maybe there there is some genuine pod value in him there. Maxie, anything to add?
1: Two quick things. One, we haven't even spoken about what the weather's going to be doing on that double game week and like God knows what it's like um, given that I think that, that the second game of the Sixers double is at um, the showgrounds on the 8th of January. That's meant to be a day where Test cricket's played, so it's probably going to rain um, if history's anything to show us. Um, And then the final thing is just that because the Sydney Sixers don't look to have signed any international replacements um, off the back of the departures to James Vince um, and Chris Jordan, um, they might try and squeeze those rests in for Dorshuis, Kerr, just knowing the workloads that they're going to have. Um, for the whole second half of the season without really much of an opportunity for rest um, they get back Steve Smith um, for round I think potentially round nine um, definitely round 10 um, but you know it's it's just going to be um it's going to be a really interesting one to watch I think the the only good news is that they seem to quite telegraph the resting um, of Sean Abbott really nicely for that renegades game by just not including him in the squad so hopefully they're yeah. kind to us again um, with the North Sydney game and the the first game and their double which is at um, uh, where is it? MCG versus the Melbourne Stars, uh, and, and can just give us plenty of warning with that stuff as well.
0: Yeah, no horrific shenanigans with the team listings, thank God, Tomo.
2: Yeah, just a quick one, boys. Is there any interest in um, Jordan Silk because he's currently averaging more than Philippe, which I couldn't believe till I saw it my own eyes this morning. Any love for Silky? Yeah, personally, I, I think that I pointed it out in the
1: WhatsApp chat last night, just that trend that we're seeing towards middle order batters starting to really dominate um, the run scorers list. Um, it used to be all about the opening bats, getting your best batter as much time um, out in the middle as possible. And now I think it's about giving your best bat the most difficult job, which is that sort of number four, number five spot. That's why we're seeing Stoyness, Finch, bat lower down the order. Um, Silky is the surgeon. You know, he, he gets to bat in that those crucial two overs late in the innings and can really get it done. He looks in good form and he seems to take about 30 points a game in catches as well, um, always in the hot spot. So um, the only thing I have against that, Tom, is probably his price now because I dare say he's probably going to be about one thirty one forty k k um, for round eight, which is um, a bit rough um, when you're talking about a guy who's <laughs> about as consistent as probably Colin de is going to be.
0: yeah. Jordan Silk, I'm like, he just delivers time and time again. He's su- such an exceptional cricketer. And you mentioned it, um, Maxi. The fact that he bats down the order doesn't make him any worse than a top order batsman. Uh, it's just that that's where he's best utilised by the team. Supercoach wise, there's not a chance on am bringing in a number five batsman. As you said, not only. You know, he's not even in cheapy range or anything, but a number five bat who doesn't bowl, not coming anywhere near my team. Um, although on what we saw last night, I've essentially got that in Colin Grand home. So moving <laughs> on. Um, guys, tonight's Draft Stars contest, the stars in the Renegades. There's a $30,000 jackpot. Uh, my pick for that one, Luke Wood is at $13,900. For bloke with his role, he's getting plenty of opportunity with the Willow, bowling death most of the time. I don't think he did last game, but I do think he's tremendous value in that one. Guys, Draft Stars also doing it for the Australian Test Match, Australia-South Africa at the SCG. Travi Head in that one, uh, 15K. The amount of runs he's amassing at the moment. Uh, Travi Head straight into my side. Uh, if you are keen to play along with Draft Stars, there's 50K jackpots plus up for grabs at times. You can play from as little as 50 cents. Uh, essentially, for anyone who doesn't know, it's fancy sport and punting. Uh, if you are want a link up, Go to our website, which uh, any of our articles or, or the the article that holds the podcast. There's a link there. You can do that uh, and go through the website from there. Of course, as always, eighteen plus only, and gamble responsibly. Boys, let's get into our trade plans and re- uh, trade plans and skippers for round eight quickly, and then we'll jump into listener questions to wrap it up for this week. Max, I'll start with you. What are you looking at for trades and skippers?
1: Yeah, really tough one because I think that um, I had a look at my team just before, and there's only two players that I have right now that aren't playing a double game week in round eight or round nine. Um, so struggling a bit for trade-out options. But as it stands, I'll be getting rid of um, Michael Nisa. Um, I'll be getting rid of whoever I reverse back um, off the, for for Dan Sam, so either get Hussein Hossein um, or Matt Jilks, um, and I might have to kiss goodbye to my new toy um, Wesley Agar, um, or maybe like a Luke Wood or something like that. Um, but in terms of trading, one will be definitely Ben McDermott. I'll probably take a punt. I think on Darcy Short just at his price. Um, can't more pass. I think he's going to be in the 70Ks or something like that. And, you know, just cross my fingers and potentially use him as a loop option um, for the first game. Um, And the third one um, might be a cheeky look ahead uh, at a um, a Hardy, uh, just knowing that I think he's going to bowl. He's playable in single game weeks while Ashton Agar's on test duties. Um, And, you know, he could bat number three and just getting ahead of that next double game week as well. Mm.
0: Yeah, don't mind Hardy at all, especially after that chat earlier, mate. Um, What about for you, Tomo?
2: Yeah, um, Alex Hales and Akil will be going. A bit like Maxi, I'm a little bit stuck on the third trade. So maybe Jilks or Daniel Sams when news comes to hand, I guess. Um, McDermott, first one traded in for me. Number two might be Jordan, might be Dorsha, depending on what sort of news is available. And the third one, again, is probably someone to prep for round nine. I've already got Hardy, but... Maybe a Scorchers or a Stars bowler, I'm thinking, but a lot to play out.
0: And what about your skippers, mate?
2: Uh, VC will be a top order bat in form from the Hurricanes. It'll be one of Wade or McDermott for me. I've had success on a VC opening bat in the past, so that's where I'll be going. And I've got here my notes. I want Kerr or Abbott, but I'm just saying is Abbott safer, less likely to rest, even though his average is a bit down this year compared to lots of others' years? just seems like the safest option for me.
0: Maxie?
1: Yeah, look, Dermot VC, not going to miss out again this year after what he did to me <laughs> last season. Um, and, yeah, look, I think I'll, the C will be on Hayden Kerr unless we get a whisper um, of arresting, um, in which case uh, I might have to bring in Chris Jordan um, and put the C on him just because no one's doing that.
0: Yeah. Uh, a couple of days out, I can't be give any more clarification on that, boys. I'm VCing Wade or McDermott. Pro, probably Wade, she's got more runs on the board this season, but to be confirmed, uh, but I am leaning that way. And then C, again, Sean Abbott or, or Hayden Kerr, you've you both give me a bit to think about. Um, I honestly don't know. I'm 50-50 split at this stage. In terms of my trades, if we get confirmation of Dan Sams being out, he will probably be my trade this round. Uh, we'll hopefully get more information around the nature of if he's injured or what's going on there, but... Um, it is looking like that way at this stage. So Sam's would probably have to go. Uh, any combination next round of Hossein, Kane, Richardson, or Rashid Khan. I think they they'll have another game to go each. Rashid and Hossein. Oh, I'd love to hold them for one more. But as you said, Maxi, it's it's a little bit hard in the sense that teams are so stacked. You you want to hold most of your players, but people have got to go. So you might have to go early on those guys coming in. It'll be Nathan Ellis, uh, Benny McDermott, and uh, Henry Thornton. I think is probably the one for me. Uh, everyone else on this podcast seems to own him and keeps raving about him. So I may as well get down on the action. Thanks for that, Maxie. Um, so Henry Thornton uh, ahead of that round nine double.
1: Mate, no interest in uh, Sir Wesley Agar at all? Can't can't interest you there, mate?
0: Sir Wesley <laughs> Agar. That that will do me. Although I, <laughs> I didn't laugh at you about Henry Thornton, but there's not a lot you're wrong about. So, I, you know, I shouldn't, but... Um, and I, I believe you're, you're confusing with Sir Colin de Grandhome, who next round's going to hit probably a triple ton. Love that. Uh, boys, let's jump in a few listener questions. And the first one is from Gintagrams. And for those who don't own Sean Abbott, you, we've all just spoken pretty highly of him, but we've also, there's been a little down talk on him where we're getting to the point of the season where antipods could be the key to, particularly for highly ranked players. He's at 161k at the moment. He asks, is he worth the money? So my follow-up to that question, to extend on it, Maxi, is there an antipod opportunity on Abbott that you'd consider?
1: I don't think in the double, but I do think for single game weeks that you can yeah. definitely antipod him. Um, something's not right there. He, he hasn't bowled this poorly for, for several years, and while he still gets plenty of blokes to hit them up in the air um, and the possibility of catches, um, a lot more of them have been flying over the rope this season. So – um, I think you could do it. It's a brave call, but he's a great trade-out option after round eight. But for the double, I think he he just has the pedigree to to just go too big. That'd be too scary for me.
0: Yeah, I think that's far far more logical thinking than your your Sir Agar dribble before, mate. Guys, Tomo, Adrian Butler. Uh, here's a good question: Is Stoyness a better batting or bowling loop? And again, it's one of them ones that's team dependent. But if you've got a choice, Tomo, where do you prefer him as your loop?
2: Yeah, it's a hundred percent team dependent. Look, I'd use your jewels, and it's going to change every week for me. So it's not as if it's set in one batter or set in a bowler. He's just depending on where they play, depending um, how things are tracking. So to answer the question and sit on the fence, it's both.
0: Mm, well, I'll I'll give you a definitive one, and it's batting for me. I just think well, you know, we speak over and over again about bowlers are just so much safer and so much better in Supercoach. We, we've seen that for for a long time. you've spoken about it in particular in, in depth, and. My batting position is just loaded with um, dual batter bowlers and these bl- blokes who are, you know, bowling as well as batting. Um, and it actually impacted my trades this week because when I had to get rid of Shadab Khan for, I can't remember who I brought him in for, but uh, it meant that I had my entire batting line, it was all dual bat bowls along with Baxter Holt, who was my dual wicketkeeper bat. So, my bowlers were all only bowlers and I was like, geez, that that cost me, I think getting Nathan Ellis for auto emergency purposes this week. So, uh, yeah, if you've got an option and you do have a choice batter for me, for sure. Maxie Paul Kelly, is it too early to have three nuts? Now this is a really good question. Um, probably extremely relevant as we speak because of all the outs this round, he says he wants to have maximum opportunity for looping in each position.
1: Um, I don't think it is, and I think that I, I was having a think about this question before the show. There's only two more teams on a buy. Um, the Sydney Sixers have got the buy in round nine, and the Perth Scorchers have got the buy in round thirteen. I'm pretty sure that's right. Um, so, in terms of like opportunities to to loop each week, it's getting harder and harder. Um, I bought in Cam Green last round um, along with Matt Short. I think combined, the two of them only scored me 16 points. It um, wasn't great. But if I didn't have Cam Green right now, like my team wouldn't be great. And not getting Cam Green the round before cost me the ability to get Bo Webster's 139. So um, I don't think it is just given how difficult it is. Two more single game weeks coming up in round 10 and 11 Um, you're going to want to maximise your looping. So um, as long as you can cover the trade-outs of the Sydney Sixers after round nine um, and still field a full team, then um, I reckon go for it for sure. But just note that Joel Davies' popular loop option with the Sam's news, um, that he's a big chance of playing uh, tomorrow night um, in that Perth game for sure.
0: Mm, Yeah, and just to add to that, uh, obviously round eight, two teams on the double, round nine, three teams on the double, A lot harder rounds to loop, those ones with a lot of doubles. So, you know, with all the outs we have seen sort of this round as a little bit of a wake-up call, maybe it's, you know, two rounds away from having three nuffs. However, there's certainly merit in in what Maxie said there. Boys, let's wrap that one up for the Round 8 SC Playbook BBL podcast. Uh, Tomo, thank you, mate.
2: Thanks, boys. Good fun. Hopefully we can avoid the chaos and turn out with some decent rounds.
0: And Maxie Bryden, thank you as always.
1: Pleasure as always. Uh, the pod always gives me plenty to think about. I don't know if I'm doing a rain dance or an anti-rain dance um, for that North Sydney game, um, but would, you know? hopefully there is, is some cricket to watch tomorrow night.
0: I'm doing a Dan Sam's please be all right dance. Guys, thank you <laughs> for tuning in and we'll be back for round nine. Cheers.